Welcome to episode number 37 of the Advanced Training Podcast. I am not going to say that this episode is going to be a game changer. Because it's actually a life changer. It is way bigger than just a game changer. This episode will literally change every facet of your life. It is part three of the mini-series that we're doing on the secrets of strength. In part one, we talked about the pyramid. The, the pyramid of the secrets of strength. Essentially giving you the premise that you need to get really good at one thing on that pyramid before you advance to the other because by getting really good at that one thing, it makes everything else easier or insignificant. Part two of the mini-series, we dissected the training portion of that pyramid and we went through what it was like to get strong and how to get really strong in the gym, how to get jacked up. But that is not the base of this pyramid. That's not the thing that we're going to talk about today. The, the thing we're going to talk about today is actually the most critical thing that if you do this right, you're going to make everything else along the way on that pyramid easier. We're going to talk about breathing. You want to sleep better? Breathe. You want to burn more fat? Breathe. You want to increase how much you bench press? Breathe. You want to do more pull-ups? Breathe. You want to run faster? Breathe. You want to be able to recover between reps on a football field? Breathe. You want to be able to recover after your game or your training session so you can go at it again? Breathe. You want to not get stressed out? Breathe. You want to not get sick? Breathe. Yeah, it sounds redundant. I don't care. That's how important this topic is. So things that people don't think about, right? We're all, we're all meatheads. We think about our fuel sources. I got to hydrate. I got I to gotta have the right food. Remember, that's the nutrition part of the pyramid. Unfortunately, uh, if you're focusing on that, you're, only, you're actually at the third level, not even at the base. But your number one fuel source is actually oxygen. And people ignore it. They don't think about the, the oxygen that they're going to need as this fuel source. And really, when you think about this respiratory process, there's two parts. There's the oxygen and there's the carbon dioxide. And breathing in and of itself, it's an art. There is an art to this breathing game. And we're going to talk today about why breathing is important, how you should breathe, breathe properly, and then we're going to tie it into how it's going to impact the way that you work out because that's really at the end of the day what most people care about so we're going to talk about how to breathe right and then we're going to tie it into the right way to breathe depending on the way that you are working out or recovering or whatever phase that you're actually in so things to also think about as we go through this when you're breathing it's not just about how much air you can get in and out of your body it's also about how well you can manage carbon dioxide and really the better you can, you can tolerate the CO2, the more you're going to be absorbing oxygen. Because in reality, when you are breathing in and out, you're not technically, all that, all that oxygen is not really bioavailable. I'd say, some studies say, depending on how you're breathing, only 25% of that is bioavailable, that oxygen that you breathe in is actually bioavailable. So things we're going to talk about today are how, how can you capitalize on the oxygen that you're breathing in. What can you do to better adapt your body to be able to tolerate CO2? So, to start this story off, and I'll, I'll take one step back, I'm going to admit I am not an expert on breathing. I am relaying to you the information that I have compiled through 
multiple studies, listening to other podcasts, doing research on my own, and letting you know things that I've heard and things that I've experimented with on my own. Some of these things uh, I've, you know, we've done with guys that I've trained. We've experimented in our training setting, running, pull-ups, bench press. I'll tell you what worked. I'll tell you what didn't didn't work. Now, to- so let's kick this off with an experiment. On the count of three, I want you to take one gigantic breath in. I want you to have this massive inhale. Three, two, one, go. Okay, what'd you do? First off, did you breathe in through your mouth? Did you breathe in through your nose? When you breathed, did you did your chest raise up towards your head? Or did your ribs expand out? These are critical questions. So let's start with one of those things. Let's start with how your body is moving while you're breathing. People need to recognize that breathing is a movement pattern. It is something that you need to do the right way in the same way you'd exercise the movement pattern on a bench press or a 40-yard dash or if you're working on a, you know, a, a curl route or if you're working on some sort of same arm, same leg technique as a linebacker. This is a movement pattern. And the right way to breathe is to diaphragmatically breathe. So what does that mean? Well, to put it simply, you don't want to chest breathe. If you, if you took that breath in and your chest went up, you are breathing the wrong way. You actually need to breathe horizontally. And what that means is that that is how you're breathing diaphragmatically. And when I say horizontally, it means not that your chest is going up. It means that your rib cage is going out. And it should be going out in all directions. It should be moving to the left, to the right, back. It should really be expanding. So you really need to reset your mind to be able to breathe diaphragmatically. I'd say that you, you have to practice it. You have to practice it. Now, why does any of this matter, right? Why does it matter if I am diaphragmatically breathing? Some people will call it belly breathing, but it's, it's probably not the right way to go. Because when you talk about belly breathing, you may just be making a big fat stomach forward, but you're really not expanding the rib cage. And why does it matter if I expand this rib cage? Well, in order for me to breathe the right way, my ribs need to externally rotate to help the contraction of the diaphragm, which is attached to the ribs. That's why it's called diaphragmatic breathing. So the diaphragm is uh, this thin skeletal muscle that sits on the base of your chest and it's separating your chest from your abdomen. When you are externally rotating your ribs, it actually flattens the diaphragm, which changes the pressure and then it pulls air into your lungs. And it does this without recruiting other muscles that are, would be on call when you do this vertical chest breathing. Right? So as I am expanding my rib cage, I'm, again, I'm going to say it again, I'm going to allow the flattening of that diaphragm, which will then change the pressure, pulling air into my lungs. The issue is that if I don't do that, If I don't do that, if I'm breathing through my chest, what's starting to happen is that now I am using my traps, I'm using my chest. I have all these extra muscles that are on call that normally wouldn't be on call. So not only am I not getting, I'd say, the right volume or capacity of oxygen in, but now I am jacking up parts of my body that don't need to be jacked up because I'm breathing the correct way. Think about this. I'm, if I'm breathing the wrong way, constantly through my chest. Now, my chest and shoulders, they're constantly shrugging all the time, nonstop. 
and because remember you're breathing uh, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Your scapula rides along that rib cage. Well, guess what? If if that rib cage is jacked up and it's not moving properly, what do you think that's going to happen to your shoulder girdle? Right? It's, it's also going to not be moving in the right meth right methodology or the right patterns. So really, we really want to focus on getting that. I'll call it belly breathing, but the diaphragmatic breathing where the rib cage is externally rotating. As you're sitting here right now, let, I need you to kind of play with this as we're talking through it. I want you to breathe in, but I want you to do it in a manner that your rib cage expands out. All right, so now we've talked about the, the breathing in part. Do, just put your hands on your ribs, breathe in, and feel it in a manner that your rib cage is expanding out. All right, cool. We talked about the breathing in part. Hopefully you have a little bit of uh, exper experience now in the last 10 seconds with your rib cage moving out. But we also have to care about the exhale portion. Right? We talked about the inhale portion, but now we need to talk about the exhale portion. So for the exhale portion, we need to, we, well, we externally rotated the ribs when we breathed in. Now we need to internally rotate the ribs when we breathe out. And what that's going to do, that's going to leave space for this diaphragm to form into a dome, all right? And, and that, that dome is going to help us release the air out of our lungs. And really, what we want to do is release all the air out of our lungs. Let's just say, I'll take this in the simplest form. If you're working out and, you, and you're done and you're, you're stretching out and we do our breathing techniques, guys are pretty good at breathing in, right? We have to tell them inhale, but guys are not very good at breathing out. They are not exhaling all of the air out of their lungs. And because of this, most people are in over a quote-unquote over-oxygenated state. And their diaphragm is constantly stuck in this semi-contracted contracted state all the time. And mostly it's because their rib cage is stuck. So what I want you guys to focus on, even while we're, you're listening to this podcast, is really just focus on the breathing in and then the full breathing out. Get all that air out of your lungs because what you need to do, if you like to exercise, well, this is a great thing. We're going to exercise that rib cage in and out, in and out. That is basically step one of, of the proper means of breathing. There are other, I'd say, unintended consequences of doing this right. And remember what I said about the holy, oh, sorry, the secrets of strength. If you do uh, the pure, the bottom of the pyramid right, it makes everything else easier or insignificant. So, for example, oh man, my shoulder always hurts, my 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 chest always hurts. Yeah, it's because it may be because you're breathing wrong. But think about some other potential benefits. People that have focused on their breathing techniques and they weren't vertically breathing anymore and they went to diaphragmatic breathing, they've been having reductions in migraines. Uh, they've, they've had reductions in TMJ pain, that's pain of the jaw. Because if you think about it, if you're constantly breathing in through your chest, you have all these muscles turned on that don't need to be. People have also said that their lower backs have had reduced stress or their hips and that's because this this all this stuff's connected, right? Your rib cage, it's all connected to the lower parts of your body. So just by breathing right, by getting that movement, you could be taking away injuries or pain or discomfort that you might be spending six hours on a foam roller or at a massage therapist to take care of or going to a doctor. So think about this. If I'm breathing right, and remember, at the top of this pyramid, I'll go to go through the pyramid again for a second. The base was breathing. Then it was sleep, then it was nutrition, then it was exercise slash training, and the top was recovery. 
But imagine this, if I'm just breathing diaphragmatically, I may be taking away pain and discomfort from things like my shoulder or my lower back and my hip that I'm now currently spending uh, two hours a night on foam rolling or doing some other quote-unquote recovery technique. So that's how important breathing is. And diaphragmatically breathing, so breathing the right way. Not just breathing, but breathing the right way. Now let's get to part two of that, that little experiment that we did. When you breathed in, I asked if you breathed through your chest. Hopefully now we know that we shouldn't do that. We should do it through our, our rib cage and uh, diaphragmatically breathe. But I also asked, did you breathe through your mouth or your nose? And the real way to breathe, the best way of breathing is not through your mouth. You should actually breathe through your nose. What I'm going to do a lot is refer to it as nasal breathing. The nose is part of the respiratory system. The mouth is not. The mouth is part of the digestive system and the communication system. So when you're breathing through your mouth, you're not actually breathing the right way. You should only be breathing through your mouth in an emergency situation to get rid of carbon dioxide. Remember what we said before. A lot of this uh, breathing is not just about the volume of air that you're getting in and out. It's what you're doing with the oxygen that comes in, how bioavailable is it, and how well suited are you to holding on to or tolerating CO2. So think about this. If you're uh, swimming underwater in a pool and you're holding your breath, it's really not, if you think about it, it's not always because you need oxygen. It's because you got to get rid of the CO2 that's building up in your body. So if you can tolerate the CO2, then you don't need to, to get, under, get out from underwater uh, as fast as you normally would. You can hold your breath a lot longer. So this nasal, nasal breathing is going to help you do that. Another nice benefit of nasal breathing, and I hope that you know this, is that it's real, it acts as this filter for the immune system. You have the, the hair and the mucus in your nose, so it really acts as a, you're not just bringing in this dirty, disgusting air, that, especially if you live where we live, into your body, which is going to put your body in this sympathetic state, and we'll get into that in a second, but it, you're actually preventing yourself from getting sick by breathing or reducing the risk of getting sick by breathing in through your nose. So let's, uh, let's dissect this a little more. Let's dissect nasal breathing a little bit more. So the second that I open up my mouth and breathe, my body is going to go into this sympathetic tone. So well, first of all, who cares, right? Well, you're, you're, you have these two nervous systems. You have the sympathetic nervous system, which is your fight or flight nervous system. All right, you're, you're, it's, it's third and two, and uh, you're an inside linebacker, and the hole opens up, and there's this jacked-up fullback coming at you trying to make way for a first down. Well, the sympathetic nervous system kicks in. Bang! But you have this other nervous system, which is the parasympathetic nervous system, which is really the, the rest or digest part of your body, the rest or digest. And if I am continually breathing through my mouth, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, I will now con continually be in a sympathetic nervous system. I will never have time to quote-unquote rest or digest. And when I am resting or digesting, that's when I'm going to recover. And when I'm recovering, that's when I'm going to get jacked up. Because when you are working, up, working out, you are breaking down your body. It's when you are recovering that you're getting jacked. So if I am constantly breathing through my mouth, my body goes into a sympathetic tone because there is no filter for the immune system. There's no hair, there's no mucus in my mouth, hopefully. That's going to stop this uh, air from going straight 
from this disgusting environment that we live in to the lungs and then to the body. So really, we need to make sure that when we are breathing, we are doing it through our nose. And the same thing is going to occur with the exhaling, right? It's not just a matter of breathing in through our nose. We want to breathe in and out through our nose. It's going to get our body into a parasympathetic state and calm us down. And you'll say, well, listen, man, I need to always be in a sympathetic state. Calm down, man. If you want to get jacked up, if you want to be able to heal, if you want to recover between plays, you cannot constantly, constantly be in this sympathetic state. You will completely burn yourself out. So let's get back to the respiratory system for a second because it is important to understand how the human body works. And I'm going to do my best to, to simplify this. Also, I, again, I'm not the expert of the respiratory system, but I'm going to give you what I know. So when I am breathing, when I'm in the respiratory system, I'm going to take oxygen in from the environment. So I'm going to breathe in through my nose. And then when I breathe out, CO2 comes out. Right? And where does this, this magic come from? Right? And what happens when I breathe in this oxygen? So when I'm breathing in this oxygen, the cells in my body are going to consume the oxygen, right? They're, they're actually going to take this oxygen in. It's not like there's a, you put an oxygen and a magician comes out and he, you know, weighs his wand and CO2 comes out. There are chemical reactions that are happening. And we talked before that all of the oxygen that you're breathing in isn't bio, bioavailable. It's some people, it's only 25%. And the, the ability of your body to consume this oxygen is going to depend on a couple of things. It's going to depend on the, the health of your lungs. It's going to depend on the ability of your blood to carry the oxygen. It's going to tend, depend on the ability of your circulatory system to transport the oxygen. Right? So there, there's different things that are going to impact how much oxygen you're actually going to absorb from the oxygen that you breathed in. Or maybe absorb slash utilize is a better word. But now let's talk about, well, where does this magical CO2 come from, right? The stuff that I'm breathing out. So think about the purpose of eating uh, or breathing or of drinking, all of the stuff we talked about as fuel. Well, if I need fuel, this energy, I'm going to need both oxygen and glucose, right? Oxygen and glucose. The glucose is coming from the food that we've eaten. Oxygen is coming from the air. They're going to work, you get this glucose plus oxygen, they're going to do this chemical reaction, we'll keep this simple, and the, the I'll say the products of this chemical reaction of glucose and oxygen are going to be carbon dioxide, water, and energy. Energy is what you're going to use to move around, uh, the CO2 is what you are breathing out, and the water is what you are removing via uh, the ways you possibly think, sweating, going to the bathroom and uh, hopefully not crying, but it is another way to get rid of water out of your body. So you've created this CO2. The CO2 gets dissolved in the blood. It gets carried to the lungs, and then you breathe it out. And you say, man, why do I, why do I care about any of this? Well, it's important to know <laughs> that where the CO2 is coming from and why you need to move it out of your body, right? You have this oxygen-rich blood. It's helping move to parts of your body, you're getting energy, and then the product of that energy, sorry, the product of that oxygen-rich blood meeting up with the glucose is going to be that carbon dioxide. Another quick side note to this is that, and I have no idea how true this really is, but there, and we talked about if you want to not be fat, breathe. Well, people have said that the lungs are one of the main excretory organs for weight loss. 
because you're breathing out that carbon dioxide where the carbon's coming from the food you ate you're breathing it out as part of this respiration process so just by simply breathing you are burning you could say you are burning fat I don't know how true this is but there's a study that was done that said they looked at people that had 22 pounds of fat loss 18.5 pounds came through carbon dioxide the other 3.5 pounds came from the urine sweat and tears now just in my own personal thought I would think that you know, just the, the act of breathing, uh, it, it becomes like an exercise, so you are moving. Uh, you're moving the rib cage. You are burning calories. I do think that this will enable the, the metabolic process, but I'd also say that maybe you're breathing more when you're exercising. So I'm not going to tell you that you're going to be completely and totally ripped just by sitting down all day doing nothing and eating whatever the hell you want and just working on your breathing, but I will say that a proper breathing process is going to complement your efforts to become less fat. So think about this. Again, with that pyramid, nutrition uh, was the third level on the pyramid, again, by breathing right. By breathing right, it will help with the, your body composition. So we, let's just do a quick recap of where we were. We wanted to diaphragmatically breathe. So we wanted to breathe out with our rib cage, not up and down with our chest. And we also wanted to breathe through our nose, not through our mouth. The other benefit, right? People talk about, well, listen, man, I don't care about breathing. I just want to get jacked up. When you perform nasal breathing, your body is putting out nitric oxide. Yeah, nitric oxide. The, th the same thing that people are uh, buying supplements for, for like maybe say a NO explode in the gym, your body is creating that naturally by breathing through your nose. So what does nitric oxide do? Well, it actually increases blood flow, right? And it lowers blood pressure by relaxing some inner muscles of your blood, blood vessels, causing them to widen. Right? So it increases my blood flow, and now it could also stimulate the release of certain hormones, such as insulin and uh, maybe some human growth, ho growth hormones. So people are out there taking all of these supplements for nitric oxide, and really they can just get a portion of it or you know, a good chunk of it just from breathing through their nose. So we talked before, you want to get stronger, breathe. Uh, you want to get healthy, breathe, Do, but breathing the right way. So think about all of these positive impacts that you get just from breathing the right way. Now let's talk about, that's, that's great, man. You told me why breathing is so great. But how am I going to exercise this muscle? How am I going to make sure that I'm doing this the right way? Because we talked about it as a movement pattern. So we're going to talk through some techniques. And what I'm going to say is one size does not fit all. People just need to find the best way that they can breathe. As long as you are breathing through your nose and your rib cage is expanding out, do it. Don't get so hung up uh, that, you, that you get obsessed with breathing and you get frustrated and you get angry. Forget about it. Just let's make sure we do those two things. Breathe through your nose, have your rib cage expand. Now, a simple introduction to make sure that you're doing this the right way. One, one, way, one technique is called rib riding. So you literally just place your hands on your rib cage and you can move, make sure your ribs are moving out during your inhale and then make sure your ribs are moving back and down during the exhale. I'd say that's the most simple way to do this. This is kind of the way we talk through the, the exercise right in the beginning. Someone said that, uh, you know, a good way to make this, uh, I guess to really 
heighten the experience of this, you could lay on the floor and put your hips in a hip extension position and then try your rib riding there. So that might be like the next level up. So first rib riding, hands on your ribs, make sure that you're breathing in and your rib cage is, rib cage is expanding out. And then when you're breathing out, your rib cage is internally rotating and the ribs are going back down. So that's rib riding. The other one, this is something that we've experimented with our our groups, our teams. It's something that we do before we leave the gym. It's called box breathing. So what box breathing is, it's it's a four-part breathing technique. There's four sides to a square. Squares are like boxes, whatever. Uh, so you, you would inhale in through your nose for as long as you can. Then you're going to hold your breath for as long as you can. Then you're going to exhale through your nose until all the air is out of your lungs and try and make that happen as long as you can and then you're gonna hold your breath again now how how long is as long as you can some people everybody's gonna be at a different spot and some people talk about trying to increase that every single time you go maybe I start my at the start of my uh, cool down period or my whatever you want to call it my decompression period at the end of a lift I will breathe in for four seconds hold it for four seconds exhale for four seconds hold it for four seconds then the next round it's five seconds then the next round it's six seconds I'd say don't get hung up on it what I will say is just do it do it and the longer you can you can go the better off you're gonna be one thing I will say another side note is that when you go into train every day it's very hard to make sure that your body is ready to train at the optimal level. There's a bunch of different tests out there. There's ways of knowing uh, if you're ready to go or not. But one good way of knowing is actually doing this box breathing. The longer you can hold the box breath, the, the more ready you are to work out. If you can't hold your box breath all that long, well, it's probably because your immune system's starting to go in the tank a little bit. Maybe you get a little sick. Maybe you're stressed out. I don't know. Maybe that day you cut back on your training. It's, it really is a good little trick. I know that as meatheads, we're never going to cut back on our training, but at least you, you might know why, you, why you're having a rough day. So I'd say if you wake up in the morning, do a little box breathing, see where you're at, you could see where you should be performing that day and at what level. Or if you had a rough day, maybe after the lift, you do it and you figure out, yep, I had a rough day because uh, my immune system's down and maybe you do need to tone it down a little bit. Maybe get a little extra sleep. Maybe not work out so, so hard. All right, so we talked about rib riding. We talked about box breathing. And the last technique I'll talk about is something called the step up. So imagine you're going to do this entire step up in three rounds. Round one, uh, well, all the rounds are going to be exactly the same. But part one of the round is 20 times you're going to do a full nasal inhale followed by a half nasal exhale. So remember before we talked about bioavailability and getting enough oxygen into lungs. What this first step of the round is, it's really increasing the amount of oxygen that you're pulling in. All right, simple. Then for 20 seconds after you perform those 20 repetitions, you're going to hold your breath. And remember, when you're doing these nasal inhales and exhales, it should all be done diaphragmatically. So now I do that 20 times, then you're going to hold your breath for 20 seconds. What this is doing, this is the part where it's increasing the oxygen bioavailability. Then, as soon as that 20 seconds are over, you're going to perform five, sec five cycles of the box breathing. So you could start at five seconds, then the next cycle, six seconds, then the next cycle, seven seconds just increase it each time and you would perform all three of those cycles which make up one round you perform all three of those cycles three times so you'd be performing three rounds so let's talk about what you guys really care about the most how do I take these breathing techniques 
and use them to perform better? How does it make me a better athlete? So let's start off what I would call tactical breathing or a way to recover, say, uh, during a, a prowler session. You know, you're, doing, you're pushing this prowler, you can't breathe. What are you supposed to do? Am I going to sit there and really slowly breathe in and out through my nose? Well, it's not really going to be possible in those high I'd say those high effort sessions where I am really moving something almost in an endurance type environment because remember the byproduct of the work that you're doing is going to be this carbon dioxide and you need to offload this carbon dioxide. So what I would say is when you're doing something like that in between your set, you know, say you're doing a set of prowler and you have some time to to recover before somebody hands it back off to you. You want to breathe in, you want to inhale fully through your nose and then perform a short quick breath through your mouth. Remember this is this is an emergency tactic. You are not, you're, you're at a heightened state. You're exhausted. You're trying to breathe. You're trying to offload that CO2. So you'd want to breathe in through your nose fully and then short, quick breaths out through your mouth, but with pursed lips, pursed sealed lips. So it looks, it would sound something like this or be something like this would be. That will help. You know, for me, I've, I've experimented with this. I've actually felt my heart rate stabilize. It's not pounding. I'm able to recover a lot more quickly. And I feel like I am able to recover where I'm not exhausted before my next set by executing, again, this tactical breathing. So it's an inhale fully through your nose and then a sh quick, short exhale through your mouth with seal lips. Once you are able to calm yourself down, then I would go back to purely nasal breathing. That's when you know you're really recovered in between these grueling sets. When you can start to, when you don't have to breathe through your mouth anymore, then you're good to go. All right, let's talk through lifting. If I'm lifting, so if I'm doing high reps, and this is something I've mentioned before, but let's talk about it again. If I'm, say, let's say we're going to do a, a set of 40 pull-ups or a set of, you know, 225 bench press, you don't want to breathe in and out every single, every single repetition. You may hyperventilate just from doing it. You may get exhausted just from breathing in and out that many times. So the way we want to do it, we want to break this up into three phases. Phase one, I'm going to breathe in, hold my breath, and I'm going to bang out as many reps as I can without breathing again. I'm just going to hold my breath for as many reps as I can. Let's just say that's 10 reps. Then while I'm still going, I'm going to breathe out. So if I did my 10 reps, let's just say I'm doing bench press, I'm still going to continue repping as I'm breathing out and then I'm going to breathe back in again. On the second breath, again, I'm going to hold my breath and get as many reps as I can possibly get. So now that would be phase one was hold for 10, for maybe 10 reps, uh, hold your breath, keep repping, then breathe in, then phase two is hold again, hold your breath again and get as many reps as you can get. After those first two phases, then you get to the last phase where you get into singles. And on that phase, that's where you want to take one breath per repetition. So you break it up into three chunks. Hold your breath for a bunch of reps, breathe out, breathe back in, hold your breath for another bunch of reps, breathe out, breathe back in, then break it into singles. And the real good coaching point that I picked up over the years is don't stop repping between your breaths. Even as you're breathing in or breathing out, continue repping because there's only so long you're going to be able to execute this movement. I, I, you know, they say you got about uh, 40 seconds. So keep going. Don't stop. Sitting there holding a barbell or hanging from a, a pull-up rack as you're trying to catch your breath is a very bad idea. Don't do it. All right, so now let's talk about low repetitions. The first one was about high repetitions. I was doing a 225, you know, maximum repetition bench press test for the NFL Combine. For low repetitions, let's say we're doing a set of uh, three to five, right? We're heavyweight, 85% of our max, we're going to go three to five. I'm going to give you two options. Option one, 
You're going to take a big breath in and inhale before you unrack the weight. And then for all of those reps, hold your breath. It is not something I'd say to experiment with on day one. But if you can do it, do it. If you can do three reps without breathing at all, do it. Option two for uh, normal human beings who have not mastered the art of breathing yet. Here's what I'd say. You breathe in, contract, unrack the weight, then hold your breath on the eccentric portion of the lift. The eccentric portion is where you're, I'd say you're accepting the weight. It's the weight going down on a bench press. It's the weight going down on a, a squat. Then you also want to continue holding your breath when you get to the concentric portion of the lift. So now I'm starting to lift the weight off my chest on bench press. I'm starting to come out of the hole on a squat. And then only breathe out either after each rep is done, so one breath per rep, or if you get to a sticking point and it's really hard, say on that bench press, then breathe out as you are completing the, the, the sticking point of that bench press. So again, you breathe in, you contract the hell out of your body, you hold your breath, you pull the weight down, you're holding your breath, you push the weight up, you're holding your breath, and then you breathe out at that sticking point if you need to. If you don't need to, you breathe out after each rep. I would continue to do it through pursed lips. Do it through pursed lips and then reset the process for each rep. If you're doing one rep, I would highly recommend to hold your breath the entire time and only breathe out if there is a sticking point. I would say to, to hold your breath the entire time. Now, breathing is, is not only critical. I'd say a part of the reason it's critical is that it's creating this pressure, so it's actually helping you give support to your spine. Right? If I'm going to do this, this lift with uh, all this weight on my back like a squat, well, taking this deep belly breath, now it's giving me even more support to hold the weight. It's giving me this stable, this stabilization, this nice firm support to actually uh, to move that weight without injuring myself. People have also heard me talk about the Valsalva maneuver. Right? This is where you're going to imagine you're opening up a, a jar of, of, in my house, it's roasted peppers. Right? It's, it's, for some reason, those things don't open up easily. you got to get all get tight. You forcefully exhale against your mouth, which is closed. Right? You're, you're, like someone's going to punch you in the stomach. That is a great way to get your body to lift more weight. So that's, that's part of this conversation about holding your breath and obviously holding your breath the right way. You're stronger. That's you're doing it. Your body's telling you, hold your breath before I try and open up this this roasted pepper jar or peanut butter or whatever it is that you got in your house. Hopefully it's not a fluff. Actually, fluff's pretty good. Enjoy it on a cheat day. So this is another way to recruit. I'd say to get your body ready to to get your body engaged to open up or <laughs> not open up the jar, but to move more weight, which is what most of us care about. I'd also say uh, sprinting things that I've been experimenting with, so say it's a 10 or a 20 yard dash, I would challenge you to begin to try and hold your breath for that entire sprint. You know, I've heard guys like DeFranco talk about trying to hold your breath for a full 40 yard dash. If you can do it, do it. And I think a great way to do it is to work on those breathing techniques because now it's legitimately getting you into a spot where you know, you've learned how to tolerate CO2 better and you can get more uh, blood flow to the muscles by holding your breath. I, I just I experiment with it. Don't pass out. Obviously, breathe if you need to breathe, but try, try it for 10 yards, then 20, then see how far you can get. The other thing I'd say, and I don't do this, but long distance running, I had kind of done it a little bit like a jerk when I was in high school, but uh, <laughs> that you don't want to be in a spot where you're 
making yourself hyperventilate uh, while you're doing this long distance running because it's, it might just wear you out. You know, really try to focus on controlling your breathing as you're doing long distance run, running. Again, I, maybe I shouldn't even talk about it because I'm not in that business. So I'm going to stop talking about it. So I won't even talk about it at all. Now let's talk about recovery, right? We've had our workout. We've worked out. I have did the stuff that I had to do. Well, how do I recover after the workout? Well, really, it starts in the gym. It starts right there. We want to de-stress or de decompress right into the, the parasympathetic state right in the gym. You know, for us, after our workouts, we immediately go into stretches and we stretch. We actually will do one breath per stretch. So it's, it's really a great opportunity. I talked about this before. For me, it's my best opportunity to practice my breathing. Go, whatever stretch you're doing, you should do about, you know, whatever you need to do. You hold that stretch for one breath. That's one breath in through your nose, one breath out through your nose. If you want to, you could box breathe while you stretch. So one breath in, hold your breath, exhale all the air out, hold your breath. Now that's one breath for that stretch. Then you go to your next stretch and do the same exact thing. So for me, this is a good way to begin the recovery process right in the gym. Remember, you're getting jacked up when you recover, not when you work out. So why would you want to waste any time to, to begin this recovery process? Other things I've seen done is actually do your stretching and then just add in a box breathing session right after that, right inside the gym. For me, I like to hit the two for one. Uh, it's really a good time to have people practice their breathing. It also stops guys from talking. It lets them focus on themselves and begin the recovery process right away. The second way that I like to work on my breathing and also help in the recovery process, for me, it be, has become part of my pre-sleep routine. So and this is where we're going to get into that. That will be the next podcast in this or mini series in this podcast is sleep. But this is a great precursor to it, right? Remember, by breathing right, it's going to make everything else easier. It's going to make everything else easier. So part of my my pre-sleep routine, lights off, no cell phone on, none of that garbage, and I work on my box breathing. I'll work on my box breathing for about three or four rounds, and then I'll start to work on deep inhales and exhales through my nose. So I, w I, would, I would get away from the holds at that point because it's, I don't know, for me it just freaks me out a little bit. So I do the box breathing first, and then I'll just work my way into deep inhales and exhales through my nose, and before you know it, I'm asleep. If I wake up in the middle of the night for any reason, I don't, the worst thing you could do is uh, check your phone or look at Instagram or whatever. That's, I use that as another opportunity to continue working on my breathing. So just practice it. I go right back into the box breathing pattern. I, then I do my deep inhales and exhales. I basically go right back into my pre-sleep routine. And not only is it helping me get back to bed, but now it's also another opportunity to practice and get this movement pattern for breathing. So what else can you do, it, right? Well, I like to do it now while uh, I'm sitting in traffic on 287, ready to hurt everyone around me. I work on my box breathing. It calms me down. If I'm watching TV and I, I, you know, the show is not as awesome as I want it to be, or the during commercials, I would work on my box breathing. Even this week, I was in Atlantic City on a family vacation, and uh, you know, I'm playing the slot machine. I don't know, working on my box breathing sounds a little insane, but it, it really you need to practice it. You you've breathed the wrong way your entire life. It's not going to just fix itself in a day. You got to take a couple of weeks to really reset your movement patterns and, and focus on making this thing right. So remember how I, we we talked about this earlier. This breathing 
Breathing is the base of that pyramid. You want to sleep better, breathe. You want to burn fat, breathe. You want to increase your bench press, breathe. You want to do more pull-ups, breathe. You want to run faster, breathe. You want to recover between plays, breathe. You want to recover after training, breathe. You don't want to get sick, breathe. This is it. This is the life changer that I talked about in the beginning of the podcast. I'm going to end this podcast with a story that we've heard before and that Eric Thomas has made insanely famous. And I'm going to end it because with the story because not, not because I need to retell it for Eric Thomas because he killed it, but because I want you to see how this impacts you now that we've talked about breathing and how it's going to set the stage for the very next podcast we're going to do, which is going to be on sleep. So let's tell the story. And I'm, I will not tell it nearly as good as the great Eric Thomas told it. But there was a man who wanted to be great. And he went out and found this guru. And he said, Guru, I want, me, I want to be as great as you are. I want to be as rich as you are. And the guy said, yeah, you want it? Come meet me at the ocean tomorrow at 4 o'clock in the morning. So the guy's like, huh, I, I don't want to learn how to swim, but whatever. I'll go do it. So he wakes up early. He gets there. He's got his suit and tie on. He's ready to go. And Eric, Eric Thomas, well, the guru takes him and says, come on, come with me to the water. He takes him out to about his waist. Then he said, you sure you want to do this? The guy says, yep. Then he takes him out to about his neck. He said, listen, man, how, how badly you want to be successful? The guy said, yeah, man, I want to do it. So he takes the guy's head. He puts it under the water in the ocean. He's holding there. And he's holding him there. And he's holding him there. The guy can't take it anymore. He pulls the guy's head out. <gasps> he breathes in. <sighs> he puts his head right back under. Holds his head under the water. Holds his head under the water. Holds his head under the water. Pulls it out. Breathes in. And he's obviously breathing in through his mouth because it's an emergency situation, right? Uh, not really the main part of the story, but hopefully you're thinking about it a different way. And he said to him, what were you thinking when you were under the water? What did you want? What did you want more than anything? And the guy said, I wanted to breathe. He said, that's right. And when you want this, when you want to succeed as much as you want to breathe, then you'll make it. And Eric Thomas finishes the story by saying, we got people that care more about sleep than they do about being successful. So I want to leave you with that. First off, I do believe that if you want something as much as you want to breathe, you'll be successful. And if you're focusing on breathing your, your right way, you're going to be successful. If you don't have the will to focus on this breathing stuff, everything else is going to be so much harder. You're just going to be fighting with yourself. The second part, I do agree with the sleep. This is kind of a, a foreshadowing that people would prefer to sleep. But in this next podcast, we're going to talk about the right way to sleep. How many hours of sleep you meet, need. And did Eric Thomas even really mean that he doesn't sleep? Is that what he meant by what he said in that great speech that has like, I don't know, 5 million or something views on YouTube where he killed it? Think about that. Again, I don't know. I love this podcast. I'm super pumped up about it. Can't wait for, to share it with you guys. Have a great rest of the day. Work on your box breathing. Love it. Thank you.